take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Tuesday, November 29th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us. So glad to have you here and uh, so glad to be here at our new Delta 9 studios in beautiful, legal southeast Potland, Oregon. We've got all sorts of great stuff coming up for you on the show today, but before we get to it, I want to remind you that starting Thursday, it's Portland Weed Week. Actually, starting tomorrow, it's Portland Weed Week. They get it started tomorrow with a cannabis crawl, three different locations all across uh, Portland, where you can check out all of the dispensaries in one particular uh, area of the city. And then uh, Thursday and Friday, there are seminars going on at the Left Bank Annex. I will be the MC of those seminars. Therefore, you will uh, not have a live show here on Canvas Radio on Thursday and Friday. And it continues on through Saturday. They've got the Taste of Terps Festival. And then on Sunday, absolutely free to the general public, age 21 and older, the Northwest Cannabis Classic, where you'll get to sample some of the Northwest's or at least Oregon's finest cannabis. So check that out. You can get more information at pdxweedweek.com. Now, coming up on the show today, we've got an interview coming to you for all you cannabis growers out there. Uh, Mahala and Natasha, I just recently met, and uh, they're coming on the show to tell us about the use of Kangen water for cannabis cultivation. Uh, If you don't know, Kangen water is ionized water, that uh, has been quite controversial. We'll dig into the controversy and see what they have to say about using Kangen water for cannabis. Today, at the end of the first hour, we'll have time for a radical rant where I am rebutting one Idaho columnist's reefer madness. Apparently, this columnist in the Twin Falls area uh, got uh, wind of one of my posts on weednews.co and is calling me out over it. So he wanted my absolute undivided attention, did he? All right. We'll give it to them coming up at the end of the hour. Also on the show today in drug war data mining, we'll expand on the concept we talked about yesterday, and that is how many people in the United States still live under absolute marijuana prohibition. The number will surprise you. That's coming up in the data mines. Also on the show today, we get a cannabis focus where a former attorney general for the state of Washington who uh, supported I-502 legalization says that it's possible that the feds will raid pot shops underneath the Trump administration. So under the Trump administration, I should say, Uh, I don't think there's any shops underneath Trump at this point. (laughs) Maybe under Chris Christie. There's a lot of room there. Uh, Anyway, we'll uh, we'll get to that in our uh, behind the headlines, which comes right after the cannabis radio news. In the marijuana headlines today, we've got another suspension in the NFL over medical marijuana. We have got the uh, governor of Montana and legislators there calling for an exorbitant tax on medical marijuana. 
We've got a look at Massachusetts where there may, may be a delay in implementing legalization that was passed by the people. In the state of Maine, they are recounting the uh, marijuana ballot there. We'll tell you how long that's going to take. In Maryland, they're trying to get more diversity in their medical marijuana industry. We'll tell you what's happening there. And there's going to be a delay in opening one of Anchorage, Alaska's first legal pot shops, thanks to some burglars who made Thanksgiving not so happy. That's all coming up in Hour 1, and then in Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio, we take your calls live at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. I'm Radical Russ Belleville, live and direct from beautiful legal potland, Oregon. We're back right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the newest and greatest podcast in the galaxy, The Real Dirt with Chip Baker, your insider industry connection to accurate and entertaining information about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. Rolling joints and dropping knowledge about cannabis technology, production, cultivation, and everything in between. The future of legal cannabis has arrived, and we want to give you The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Look for new episodes at CannabisRadio.com, TheRealDirt.com, or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. It's time to Hemp Resent. With Anadina Stanger. I say to you with all the fervor of my soul that God intended men to be free. Rebellion against tyranny is a righteous cause. And I believe that with every ounce of my soul, we are fighting a righteous cause because people need nature. Marijuana! Hemp presents only on Cannabis Radio. Sweet sativa. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. The NFL suspended Buffalo Bills offensive tackle Chantrell Henderson for 10 games for using marijuana to relieve the effects of Crohn's disease. It's Henderson's second suspension this year after he served a four-game ban to start the season. 
Henderson cannot appeal the suspension because the NFL doesn't allow an exemption for medical marijuana use. Henderson will sit out the final five games of the season, and the suspension will carry on either into the playoffs or next season. Henderson was diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease a year ago and had two operations on, an in, on his intestines last offseason. In New York, the state's medical marijuana program specifically lists patients diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease as being potentially eligible to obtain medical marijuana. Overall, Henderson's suspensions will have cost him over $473,000 of his $2.27 million contract. Montana's governor and a state legislator are proposing new taxes on medical marijuana in the state that just approved retail dispensaries in the November 8th election. Governor Steve Bullock's latest budget calls for a 6% medical marijuana tax that his office projects would reap $2.6 million in tax revenue over the next two years. State Representative Bradley Hammett is proposing a bill that would add 3% tax to fund medical marijuana for the indigent and another 21% tax for drug rehab programs. The combined 30% in taxes would be the highest tax rate on medical marijuana in the nation, exceeded only by Washington's 37% tax on recreational marijuana. Even though 54% of Massachusetts voters approved Question 4, legalizing marijuana in the state as of December 15th, prohibition may still be in effect after that date. William F. Galvin, the Secretary of State for Massachusetts, told the Boston Globe on Monday that certification of Question 4's results must be done by the Governor's Council, which only meets on Wednesdays. December 14th is the Wednesday when they will be certifying first the results of the presidential election for the electors to meet the U.S. Constitution's deadline of December 19th. If there isn't time in that meeting to certify Question 4, the current marijuana prohibition would continue until at least the December 21st meeting. The main department of the Secretary of State says recounts in a pair of ballot questions will likely take four to six weeks. The department is getting ready to announce a schedule for the recounts. The recounts have been requested for ballot questions that legalized recreational marijuana and approved a tax on high earners to fund public education. Voters narrowly passed both measures on November 8th. The department says it will make an announcement as soon as Monday about when the recounts will begin. The recounts are likely to start as soon as this week. The two recounts will likely take place at the same time. The Maryland Medical Marijuana Commission is taking steps toward evaluating minority participation in the state's nascent cannabis industry, the panel's executive director said Monday after critics complained of a lack of minority-owned businesses among finalists to grow and process marijuana. Patrick Jamison said the commission highly encourages applicants for these licenses to, quote, engage and recruit minority owners, investors, and employees where practical, end quote. The commission also met in closed session to discuss litigation over the licensing, said Dr. Paul Davies, the commission's chairman. Two would-be growers are suing the panel after initially scoring in the top 15, only to be replaced by other companies to address geographic diversity. Another applicant is suing over the lack of diversity evident thus far. Meanwhile, the commission gave preliminary approval for 102 dispensaries. They were chosen in a blind review designed to avoid favoritism, and their names will be made public on December 9th. A break-in at an Anchorage marijuana store has delayed the store's opening by a few weeks. KTVA-TV reports that the owners of Enlighten Alaska say they will not be able to open as expected on December 17th due to the burglary on Thanksgiving. The owners say when they went to the store on Friday, they found someone had taken about $5,000 worth of items from the store, including electronics, tools, and the store's Wi-Fi router. Co-owner 
Evan Leventon says the Anchorage Police Department is investigating the break-in. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends, identify and compare your top products and categories, and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. This is Cannabis Facts from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. Supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. In 1937, the second most prescribed medicine, marijuana, was banned. It wasn't about marijuana. The paper, oil, and chemical industries lobbied to end hemp farming. No longer labor-intensive, an acre of hemp produced more quality paper than four acres of trees. Plastics and fibers could be produced from a plant. Hemp can even produce ten times the energy of today's ethanol. As marijuana prohibition ends, many states now allow farmers to again grow hemp. This was Cannabis Facts from the Silvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to process America's hemp crop at hempinc.com. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at radicalrust.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we want to continue our look at the incoming administration of Donald Trump and what effect that might have on our emerging legal cannabis markets and, of course, also our, our medical marijuana that we have throughout this country. And the latest article to take a look at this comes to us by way of, I think it's the Seattle uh, or 
yeah, K-I-R-O, uh, Channel 7 up there in Seattle, uh, entitled Former AG Says It's Possible Feds Will Raid Pot Shops When Trump Takes Power. The discussion is with uh, former Washington State Attorney General Rob McKenna, and uh, he told Seattle's Morning News that, quote, Senator Jeff Sessions has been the single biggest opponent to marijuana legalization in the U.S. Senate, according to drug policy staff under Clinton and President Bush. It is possible he will take a hardline law and order approach and assert federal preemption over those state laws. End quote. It's possible, he continues, that state medical marijuana laws and recreational marijuana laws are contrary to the federal criminal laws. End quote. Now, the Concern here isn't whether or not they could bust the state legal uh, marijuana laws, especially the, the commercial aspects of them. The question is whether or not they're going to. Now, in this discussion, some people will point to Donald Trump's uh, frequent uh, mentions on the campaign trail that he believes that marijuana is a state's issue, that he's 100 percent behind medical marijuana and the state should be free to figure out what they want to do about recreational marijuana. But as many times as he said that, he has also said that he is going to be the law and order president. And uh, judging by the way Richard Nixon used that term, we all know what law and order means. It means cracking down on the left, cracking down on minorities, and cracking down on marijuana. So the question still exists. Will they use these powers that they certainly have to be able to bust marijuana users? McKenna notes, though, that it's a it's a, a tough battle to fight. He says, quote, you can only do so much. So is this going to be the Department of Justice's highest priority? Because it will bog them down in court for quite a while. The other consideration is the fact that more than half of the states have legalized medical marijuana and a growing number are legalizing recreational pot. So is this the fight they really want to have? He's got to decide what his priorities are and whether the fight is worth it. End quote. Well, whether or not the fight is worth it, that could depend on a lot of factors. Politics could make a huge difference here. If there's suddenly a need for Donald Trump to uh, have a distraction from uh, an embarrassing domestic scandal, perhaps the uh, the raiding and, and thwarting of state legal marijuana could be the distraction he would be looking for. The other consideration is just how much of a hands-on top-down administrator does anyone expect Donald Trump to be? It was widely noted when he was trying to uh, recruit for a vice presidential candidate that uh, when he was recruiting uh, John Huntsman, or was it, uh, no, it was Kasich in, in Ohio, trying to recruit uh, them for the VP spot, that his son said they would be in charge, the vice president, would be in charge of domestic and foreign affairs, a.k.a. Everything. <laughs> and that Donald Trump himself would just be making America great. It's my belief that Donald Trump is going to be very hands off. He's not going to concern himself with the minutia of policy details. And he's going to leave things to his vice president, Mike Pence. And if Mike Pence is the one giving the top down orders to Jeff Sessions as the attorney general and in the Department of Justice, then we can expect a whole lot of nastiness for the marijuana industry because we know Jeff Sessions hates it. He says good people don't smoke marijuana. He says that there need to be adults in the federal government who say that it's not okay to legalize marijuana. So how much effort will they want to put into this? Keep in mind that President Obama, when he came into office, said 
that they wouldn't be spending a lot of their political capital and their scarce Justice Department resources on raiding medical marijuana. And yet there were more raids on medical marijuana during the Obama administration than during any previous administration. It has a lot to do with what the U.S. attorneys want to do. And keep in mind that Trump will be appointing many of these U.S. attorneys. And if they're not getting strict top-down guidance not to do something, they're likely to want to do it. Now, so far, the Cole memo has kept the hands off of medical and recreational marijuana, but that's just a memo, and that can be rescinded by the attorney general on day one. So whether we can decide whether Trump's administration is going to go gangbusters after the legal marijuana industry, we need to see what happens to the fate of the Cole memo first. Boot to the head. <laughs> Some people deserve a boot to the head, don't you think? That sound means that it's 20 after, therefore it is 420 in the mountain time zone. Happy 420 friends of the Rockies, including Anita Thompson, the widow of Hunter S. Thompson, who's planning a Gonzo Museum and Gonzo brand marijuana. I can't wait to try it, Anita. We're back in just a couple minutes. Stay around. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Yo, 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 this your boy TJ, Trinidad James. You listen to Dr. Bean on Cannabis Confidential. LA, what up? People were so excited to see you supporting our industry, and it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to, so that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think who look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Get the latest updates on the Russ Belleville Show by following Radical Russ on Twitter and liking the Russ Belleville Show on Facebook. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy. 
because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Thanks to the legalization of marijuana in four more states this past election, we now have two of the six U.S. time zones designated as legal weed zones. Okay, so one is Alaska. With legalization there, we already had the entire Alaska time zone covered. Now we add California and Nevada to Washington and Oregon, and that gives us the entire Pacific time zone, except for that small chunk of the northern Idaho panhandle. Sorry, Coeur d'Alene. So within the four contiguous legal states of Washington, Oregon, California, and Nevada, we have a zone of America where one out of six American adults over the age of 18 are currently living. We now have the entire 1,380 miles of Interstate 5 running from the Canadian border at Blaine, Washington, to the Mexican border at San Isidro, California, where no drug-sniffing dog can be used to detect the presence of marijuana in your car. And should Canada finally get around to legalizing, as promised, we could extend our road trip all the way up through British Columbia and the Yukon Territory and add another 2,558 miles on our way to Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, the farthest north we can drive in the legal United States. God, imagine that. Almost 5,000 miles of driving where marijuana is legal. Maybe we should rename it Interstate 420. And then consider the other legal states of Colorado, Massachusetts, and Maine. Add all the eight legal states in D.C. together, and we've got a situation where over two out of ten U.S. adults live in a state where marijuana is legal. And then... If you consider the addition of Florida, Arkansas, and North Dakota as medical marijuana states, another four out of 10 U.S. adults live where their doctor's recommendation for medical cannabis protects them from prosecution. Now, since the legal states are also medical marijuana states, that makes six out of 10 who can get medical marijuana in the U.S. Now, let's get into some of the heavy math. If you consider the 20 medical marijuana states that aren't also legal marijuana states, nine of those are decrim states. That's where you get no arrest for personal possession. So that means if you look at the six out of 10 who live in medical marijuana states, it breaks down to about two out of two of them who are in legal states, two of them who are in decrim states and two of them who live where it's medical only. So it's about a third each one. About a third of the people who live in free America live in uh, legal states. About a third live in decrim states. About a third live in medical only states. Now let's take a look at the cannabidiol states, those 16 mostly southern states that allow the use of low THC cannabidiol oil, mostly for the kids with epilepsy. If you count those, that makes up another three out of 10 U.S. adults. So that leaves us with less than one in 10 U.S. adults living in a state where there is no medical use of marijuana whatsoever. In fact, it's even less than that, because if you consider all the it's a little more than uh, the legal states, it's twenty one point two nine percent. The medical states where it's not legal as well, 
is 41.11%, and the CBD-only states are 31.33%. So the non-legal, non-medical states, of which there are only seven, that breaks down to 6.28%. That's closer to one out of 20 than one out of 10. Now, of those remaining seven states, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Nebraska, South Dakota, West Virginia, of those remaining seven, there are a few that offer some relief for marijuana crimes. There are 21 states where the personal possession of marijuana is decriminalized. That's where you get no arrest, and in most of them, you get no criminal record. Now, Eight of the decrim states are legal states, so decrim's kind of moot there, doesn't matter. Seven of the medical marijuana states, Connecticut, Delaware, Illinois, Maryland, New York, Rhode Island, and Vermont, are decrim where they have a fine-only infraction for personal amounts, and two of the states, Minnesota and Ohio, have fine-only minor misdemeanors, so you don't get arrested, but you still get a criminal record. So if we take a look then at the CBD-only states, Mississippi is a decrim state with infraction only, while Missouri and North Carolina Carolina, uh, offer minor misdemeanor decrim. Nebraska is the only decrim state that has no medical use of marijuana at all. So of the seven, at least Nebraska has decriminalization. You're you're just going to get a fine and a ticket if you're caught there. That takes out another 0.58% of the people. Then consider industrial hemp. There are 32 states that have recognized the legality of industrial hemp. Of those, 23 of them only recognize it on paper. But the four states of Hawaii, Indiana, Minnesota, and North Dakota already have small research crops in the ground. And another five, Colorado, Kentucky, Oregon, Tennessee, and Vermont, have licensed hemp farmers that are currently growing for commercial purposes. So, of the seven non-medical, non-CBD states, Indiana has a hemp research crop. Nebraska and West Virginia have hemp statutes on paper. Therefore, only Idaho, Kansas, Louisiana, and South Dakota have absolute prohibition with arrests and criminal records for any person caught with any form of any cannabis used for any purpose. Those four states make up 3.07% of the population. Only 7.6 million adults in America live where marijuana is absolutely prohibited in all forms. You can catch that as my latest Radical Rant column on HighTimes.com. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're talking Kangen water with Mahala and Natasha. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. 
experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Boober way. It's time for Cannabis Facts about teen drug use from Robert Platchorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. A recent survey by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control indicates that in states that have legalized medical marijuana, the rate of marijuana consumption among high school students has not increased. In fact, in legal states like Colorado, teen use has actually decreased significantly. It's simply no longer a big deal for teenagers in legal states. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. The Russ Belleville Show. We're as much like Cheech and Chong as ordinary Americans are like the Three Stooges. Hey, Mo! When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. They say marijuana grows like a weed, but growing high-quality marijuana takes more than just throwing a seed in the ground. Join us as we speak with the most recognized cannabis horticulturists in the world and take your live grow questions in our Cultivator's Corner. All right, welcome back, everybody. Today, for the Cultivator's Corner, we are joined by Mahala and Natasha, who are here to tell us about the use of Kangen water for cultivation of cannabis plants. Uh, Mahala, do I have you on the phone? Can you hear me okay? Yes, you have Mahala and Natasha right here. Hey, Russ. Thank you for joining us, ladies. Really appreciate it. And uh, is there a, a company name that I that I forgot to mention there? I, I didn't know if you guys had a particular brand we were supposed to say. We do. The official name of the company is Enagic, but our brand that we rep is Kongan Queens. Kangen Queens. Okay, folks. So uh, that's K-A-N-G-E-N, and uh, it has to do with the use of what's called Kangen water uh, to help cultivate cannabis plants. And I don't know which one of you would like to describe it, but could you tell our our listeners what exactly Kangen water is? I would love to start. This is Mahala. And so Kangen water is ionized water. It's, uh, we have these amazing, beautiful machines that are medical-grade uh, devices from Japan. Our company's 43 years old. And what happens is you hook up any regular tap or even a hose um, up to the machine. It filters out all of um, the chlorine and some other things that it filters. It doubles through a double-carbon filter, and then it ionizes it, which basically means it's electrifying the water. It's kind of like electrocuting the water. So it adds tons of electrons back into the water and that then turns the water into the most powerful and efficient antioxidant on the planet so it's really good for your health um do you want to add anything there natasha 
Wow. Well, the Congo machine does a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it has many settings of alkalinity, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about as far as cannabis, um, alkalinity and acidity. Um, and, um, gosh, yeah, I mean, I think we should just roll with that. Just, yeah. Okay. There's about, there's about nine different levels of pH water that you can get out of this machine. Right. And, and, uh, in doing some research on this, I found a lot of controversy over the use of Congan water. What I found were people discussing the use of it for, uh, humans though, uh, drinking the water and, uh, may, uh, a lot of skepticism here. Uh, what sort of, uh, scientific trials do we have on this to, to back up some of these claims? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things, um, that I've studied a lot about is the active hydrogen. And that's actually the most studied thing about the water. Well, that and the 2.5 hypochlorous acid, which I'll talk about in a second. But as far as human consumption, um, when, when the water is struck with electricity, what happens is it creates this energy that allows the molecules to separate. They get excited and they separate. Just like when you heat up water to boil tea, for example, and it, except it doesn't evaporate in this machine, obviously. And so then what that does is it releases active hydrogen. It adds extra electrons, and that's how you get the antioxidants. So there's tons of you know, peer review studies and lots of scientific research done on that particular part aspect of the water. Um, again, the, the company being 43 years old, it's been well studied by over 6,500 scientists and doctors all over the world. So but I guess what I'm asking, though, is uh, most of the studies that I were, uh, were looking at on this had to do with human consumption. Is there anything having to do with uh, the horticultural aspect of this? Absolutely, yes. Thank you for asking me that again. So the 2.5 hypochlorous acid water, which is the lowest pH that we get from our machines, that's the other uh, most highly studied part of the water. Um, and hypochlorous acid is actually FDA-approved. Um, and what it does is it kills 99.99% of all bacteria, germs, viruses, HIV, E. coli, strep. I mean, I can go on and on, MRSA. And in particular for the horticulture is it kills powdery mildew, um, mold, and mites, specifically rusted mites, which we know, you know, in the growers industry is one of the grower's worst nightmare. So we're talking so about it, using this as a, as a miticide or a pesticide, you know, sprayed on the exterior of the plant rather than watering the plant with it? Yes, exactly. You want to yeah. Gotcha. Well, uh, you can spray it, but one of the ways that a lot of the commercial growers are doing around here is they're starting to use foggers for the, the 2.5. And, you know, that seems to be a more efficient way. Um, you don't have to pay someone to do it. Um, and it really covers the plant hmm. really nicely. There's no, you know, worry about residue. It's super inexpensive. So um, it's a really good way to go for the rust of mites. Well, here's something, you know, I, I, of concern to me. I mean, uh, we know that the pH balance, the, the pH of the water is important in cultivating cannabis plants, but there's lots of cheap ways to change pH. We've got carbon activated filters that are fairly cheap if we want to filter out any sort of, uh, you know, uh, contaminants in the water. So why am I going to spend $4,000 on a Kangen water machine? Is it going to increase the results of my yield that much? Yeah, great example. Uh, great question, excuse me. 
Um, yes, actually, you know, Kangen water, the Kangen water machine is really an all-in-one solution because, number one, it replaces all your pesticides. You won't have to use anything harmful to the plants, anything chemical-based. Um, it's highly effective, and it doubles as it's not only going to save you a ton of money, it's going to help you make more money because when you, there's a different setting which you would use more around the 6.0 pH where you would mix that with your compost tea nutrient and you make compost tea, mixing it with your nutrients and feed your plants with this this compost tea and their plants are going to grow bigger, more nutrient dense, and you actually don't have to use as many nutrients. So it's not only going to save you more money, it's going to it, save you money, it's going to make you more money in the long run. So it's it's really and of course for your human consumption as well. The, I mean the health benefits are huge. So it, it's really a win 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 all the way around. Well, let's give our listeners a chance to uh, learn more about this. Do you have a website they can get some information and maybe some contact information if they'd like to discuss this further? Yeah, what well, absolutely you can go to uh, kongenqueens.com is our website. And on that, you're going to find mostly health benefits for human consumption. Uh, what we prefer is we have a lot of um, information that we can send via email if somebody, if a grower is interested on the agricultural side of things. And uh, we prefer you call us at 908-NO-MITES. So, again, that's 908-NO-MITES. All right. Well, this is a interesting subject. I got to I got to be honest with you. What I found uh, online uh, made me very skeptical about this. So uh, I'd love to see some more research, maybe some more testimonials on this before I want to you know, give it any sort of thumbs up. But uh, I'm always uh, keeping an open mind. I'd like to talk to people that are involved in the in the uh, industry. And uh, before we go, any last words you'd like to uh, tell our audience? Mm, well, thank you, Radical Russ. I do want to say that. Thank you for having us on, and we're looking forward to being back with uh, some questions, some answers to your questions. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and, go ahead, Mahalo. Anna, and, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I'll send you some stuff that, I've, that I have that you're probably not going to find on the Internet too much unless you really dig, and I'll send you some stuff that'll tell you, you know, that'll give you some other perspectives. All right. Always more data is what I'm looking for. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us to talk about this. And uh, maybe awesome. we'll have you back on for a follow-up sometime. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. Blessings to us. All right. Kongenqueens.com. K-A-N-G-E-N queens.com if you want more information. Stay tuned, folks. We got some more coming up for you. A radical rant coming up on uh, one Idaho columnist's reefer madness. He's calling me out. And, uh, you know me, I, I have to retort. I'll be right back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio. 
the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends, identify and compare your top products and categories, and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's EQUIO.io to sign up now. The power of real time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. A big shout-out for today's rant goes to my fan Trickster Phillips out there in St. Charles, Missouri, who turned me on to an op-ed in the Twin Falls, Idaho Times News newspaper website, uh, magicvalley.com. Uh, The op-ed is entitled, Potheads, Stay Out of Idaho. The author, columnist Bill Colley, is also the host of Top Story on News Radio 1310 AM, so he's a radio guy like me. The column is uh, no more chock full of reefer madness and stoner stereotypes than most, but Mr. Colley seems to be calling me out directly over my writing out at Weed News, so I thought he deserved a thorough reply. He begins by saying, quote, Somehow in the last couple of weeks, there appear to be some people who believe opposition of the majority has subsided in Idaho when it comes to the use of marijuana. I first noticed change in a story I found from something known as Weed News. The fellow writing at Weed News explains he's from Oregon and he smokes freely there, but can't when he visits Idaho. He has a couple of choices. Stay smoke free or don't visit. Number one would be simple if the drug, as argued, isn't addictive. And number two would benefit the good people of our state. 
end quote. Well, Mr. Colley, I am that weed news writer you're referring to. I was born in Nampa in 1968. I graduated Nampa High School in 1985. I attended Boise State University from 85 through 89, and I served in the Idaho National Guard from 85 through 90. I was forced to move out of Idaho in 2003 because I had married an Idaho woman who suffers from severe migraine pain. After trying every pharmaceutical remedy she was either allergic to or impervious to, she found cannabis was the only medicine that offered her any relief. Now, while I had been smoking pot in Idaho since 1990 without getting caught, I feared she would not be as lucky and get us both in trouble. Thus, we left our entire extended families and moved out to Portland, where she could treat her condition and I could enjoy my drug of choice without being arrested and jailed. Like perhaps your wife might treat her pain with Vicodin, and you might enjoy a cold beer without fear of law enforcement intervention. During the intervening 13 years, our nieces and nephews grew up and became adults. We missed almost all of their development. We couldn't be the aunt and uncle we wanted to be because my ex-wife's medicine is a crime in Idaho. The few times we'd drive back into the state for a birthday or a graduation were pretty harrowing as we worried whether or not she'd get another migraine while we were in Idaho. Your title presumes there aren't cannabis consumers living in Idaho already. There are more than you can imagine. They're all around you, propping up a black market economy and denying Idaho millions in tax revenue. But they do provide a consistent trickle of prisoners for your minimum security private prison. That prison that's exclusively for substance abusers and that prison that helps your governor and your state representatives get political contributions from the private prison industry. Look, your attempt at a gotcha by noting that if weed isn't addictive, I should just stop smoking it when I come to Idaho completely misses the point. Idaho is one of four states. The others are Wyoming, New Jersey, and South Dakota with statutes that criminalize merely having marijuana in your system. If I smoked legal marijuana in Ontario, Oregon, and then walked across the state line over to Fruitland, Idaho, I could be arrested and jailed for crossing a bridge with bloodshot eyes. Possession of any amount of marijuana earns me a misdemeanor with a possible one year in prison and a $1,000 fine. Now look, I'm not bringing any marijuana into Idaho, I have plenty of friends all over the state who have some and are more than willing to share. But every trip we'd make was fraught with the worry that we'd get pulled over by the Idaho State Police because of our Oregon plates and then discover we'd not been as thorough in cleaning our car and baggage of contraband as we had thought. Those drug dogs can alert on as little as a fleck of marijuana or the cop directing the dog to alert so he can search without a warrant. And even having a fleck of marijuana in Idaho can get me arrested. I don't have to smoke it or even possess it to get in trouble in Idaho. In fact, many Idahoans who don't smoke or possess pot get in trouble for it. Once on my radio show, I had a contest to determine who did the most time for the least weed. My winner was a student from Idaho State University who never smoked pot in her life. She was in the dorm room of a friend who also didn't smoke pot 
when a campus cop investigating a noise complaint noticed a never-used bong on a bookshelf. That's paraphernalia in Idaho, whether it's used or not. And that got the dorm resident a misdemeanor charge, even though it was her roommate's bong. And when less than an eighth ounce of the roommate's marijuana was found in the subsequent search of the room, the young lady visiting was charged with presence at a location where marijuana is cultivated or stored and served 15 days in jail. But it's clear from the rest of your article that you're not basing your opinions on cannabis on any sense of compassion, justice, or science, but rather your holier-than-thou anecdotal judgments and your tired, debunked stereotypes. Mr. Colley, you're living proof of the axiom that marijuana is the drug so powerful it addles the minds of those who don't use it more than those who do. Your jibe about telling me not to visit the state and that's a that would be a benefit to Idaho if I didn't visit? Well, I don't know. That's up for the listeners to decide. Has Idaho benefited from my ex-wife and me not paying taxes in that state for 13 years? Has Idaho benefited from us spending our disposable income in Oregon businesses? Has Idaho benefited from us building our own businesses that created jobs here in Portland? Here's, here's another quote from uh, Mr. Colley's uh, op-ed. Quote, The noise they make about their proclivity reminds me of a couple of potheads in my old high school. Our history teacher was a retired Army colonel and tough as a man comes. He opened the floor to debate one day about legalization. And remember, this was 40 years ago. The usually listless dope smokers got so animated, he broke into laughter. You guys get higher talking about it than I do off a six-pack, he said. The guys who smoked a lot of weed in high school often ended up dropping out, taking up lives of petty crime. Judging by the comments I read when I see stories about drug legalization, I don't believe marijuana is harmless. The vitriol is of a nature beyond all reason. You get, don't knock it until you try it, as if somehow it's going to make you happier, prettier, and wealthier. The nastiness is of a variety I'd expect to see from a heroin addict three days into withdrawal. End quote. <clears throat> well, uh, your stories about how animated we become over the legalization debate only illustrates how passionate an oppressed minority can be when it comes to discussing their liberalization. I'll bet your 1966 female classmates might have gotten just as animated on a discussion over abortion rights. And when people like you throw stones at us from your alcohol-filled glass houses, it makes us even angrier. Speaking of booze, the most dangerous recreational drug, your tale of adults pushing their 13-year-old to smoke marijuana was as enlightening as it would be if you substituted alcohol as the substance. I mean, clearly, parents who force their kids to take drugs are abusive. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's pharmaceutical speed. But anyway, those are parents committing child abuse, and there's probably far worse problems going on in that family. How does a couple of sick adults abusing a child make all adult marijuana use harmful. If this is how your logic works, we'd better not discuss Catholicism. And then, then you tossed off some comment implying there are a few cannabis consumers, quote, who work in press shirts, ties, and wingtips, end quote. 
Yes, Mr. Colley, that would be me. I worked in information technology in Idaho for years, from government to banking to hospitals to eventually teaching computer software. And the entire time, I was a regular cannabis consumer. Now, these aren't jobs that any old dim bulb can compete in. Yet there I was, a daily pot smoker, exceeding all my assigned goals, beating all my deadlines, and earning rave reviews from management. For 15 years, I managed databases and network security, only to lose that career when a test of my armpit hair outed me as a pot smoker. And then, then you make a couple of analogies that wouldn't get you a passing grade in a high school composition class. In one of them, you compare marijuana smoking to the legal bungee jumping still allowed on that bridge over the Snake River Canyon. Gee, why in the world does Idaho allow people to get a chemical high, adrenaline, doing something that injures and kills people? And your other analogy involves the lottery, which you admit to taking part in, then used to condemn, quote, crossing a moral line, end quote. Well, gosh, would... Would we all be better off pushing the lottery back into the arms of gangsters running the numbers? Your comments also about Marinol <laughs> are laughable. This is the synthetic version of THC, the cannabinoid that gets you high, that contains none of the CBD, the cannabinoid that reduces psychoactivity in THC, and Marinol is legal in all 50 states because it makes a profit for a pharmaceutical company. Not only does it not work as effectively for medical marijuana patients, I mean, imagine telling a puking chemo patient to swallow a pill, but you also confuse it with the non-psychoactive CBD oil your governor vetoed that's been found to reduce or eliminate seizures in epileptics. And then, for good measure, you go on with the long-debunked gateway drug theory because you have cop friends who tell you it's true. Never mind that the Institute of Medicine in 1999 discovered that, quote, there is no conclusive evidence that the drug effects of marijuana are causally linked to the subsequent abuse of other illicit drugs, end quote. Never mind there is an entire organization of cops called Law Enforcement Against Prohibition who recognize that the war on drugs is an utter failure. Since Barney Fife told you all potheads move on to heroin and one of your high school pothead acquaintances was busted cooking meth, why, the gateway theory must be true. Here's where I'll throw you a bone, Mr. Colley. There is a gateway involved in the use of marijuana. And that's the gateway to the illegal drug market. When I was living in Idaho, I had to buy my weed from the guy. And he also liked to sell mushrooms, LSD, and meth. He never checked my ID, and he'd sell me as much weed as I wanted. There was no guarantee his weed was what he said it was, or that it wasn't adulterated with something else. The profit the guy made from his dealing wasn't taxed at all and was so lucrative he didn't need any other work. He was living in Idaho tax-free and working at most two hours a day. But when I go buy my weed in Portland, they check my ID at the door every time despite my gray temples. All they have for sale there are marijuana products, not a speck of any other drug in sight. Everything is tested and properly labeled, and millions of dollars in taxes flow to the state. In Colorado, research shows that 18,000 jobs have been created, and over $2.4 billion in economic activity has been created. 
Idaho stands as one of the only seven remaining states where there's no legal marijuana, no medical marijuana, and not even non-psychoactive cannabidiol oil to help epileptic children. And Mr. Colley, maybe you're content with Idaho prosecuting a local mother in Gooding who's trying to save her epileptic daughter's life, all because your state drug czar, who's too chicken to debate me face-to-face, convinced your governor to veto the CBD bill your state legislature passed because you're all terrified that relenting one inch from absolute prohibition will lead to people smoking pot in your state, and they already are. Mr. Colley, your stance on marijuana is nothing but bigotry against the people who use it, plain and simple. You judge us like you would judge all drinkers if they were alcoholics, and we're not going to stand for it. That's all the time we got for Hour 1. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down super. Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tope. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Poplin, Oregon, at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and and the, the next thing you know, they got ten years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Time for Toker Talk Radio. The phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. I got so much to talk about in hour two, man. Oh, my God. First of all, this uh, Bill Colley article... And again, thanks, Trickster, for uh, pointing it out to me. But this Bill Colley article out of Twin Falls cracks me up. Oh, my goodness. It's just not even internally consistent, right? Like, he went on this one thing about he had this little anecdote. He talked about the lottery and how, you know, gambling used to be illegal. 
And then we passed all these state lotteries. We got more casino gambling and everything. And how he talked to this uh, pastor friend of his and said, gosh, you know, now that the government's, you know, legalizing gambling to make money, it's only a matter of time before they legalize dope and whorehouses, I think is what he called it, dope and whorehouses, to make money off of that. And um, as far as I'm concerned, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Legalize drugs. Legalize prostitution. The America's going to need to get over this puritanical streak, this idea that we need to police other people's behaviors when they're not affecting us. I mean, we're supposed to be the land of the free, home of the brave, right? We're supposed to believe in liberty. And especially when they're talking about my my uh, home state brethren back there in Idaho who are very typically into like libertarian politics, don't tread on me. The kind of people that would support, you know, that Clive and Bundy fellow there in Nevada, right? We're talking people that, you know, have a, a definite anti-government streak. They're, 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 Idaho's the kind of place where they got militias, right? They form these militias. They hate the government. Damn federal government. Except when it comes to drugs. Boy, when it comes to drugs, yeah, let's bust everybody. Let's get the government in people's lives. Let's put the government in between a doctor and a patient. Let's just, uh, let's just lock them all up. How can you reconcile those two positions? How can you possibly call yourself an anti-government libertarian and yet support the nanny state busting people over their personal, private, consensual activities? Now, of course, they always say they want to do it for our own good, right? We got to stop the drug use for our own good. Some people get addicted. They'll do terrible things. We got to stop prostitution for our own good because it'll hurt the families and it'll break up marriages, blah, 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 blah. Folks, prostitution and drugs exist now, and they're breaking up families and hurting people now. These people, these prohibitionists seem to think that you can just say no and people will stop doing shit. And that's not the case. All you do by making consensual activities, these victimless crimes legal or illegal, all you do by making them illegal is add more harm to them. Make them more expensive and less safe. Prohibition is not control. Prohibition is the abdication of control. Prohibition is throwing your hands up and saying, we're not going to do a thing about it. Let's let the criminals deal with it. That's what it is. You want to make prostitution safer, you legalize it. It'll still exist. Marriages will still break up. But you won't be spreading HIV all over the place. You won't have pimps beating up their 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 hookers. You won't have violence inherent in the trade. Prohibition isn't going to work. So, yeah, that's Mr. Colley. And that's the typical, you know, his attitude is pretty typical of people in Idaho. You, you might get a reason why I, uh, I uh, had to leave the state. Oh, and by the way, you can't tell from the radio, but uh, Mr. Colley, uh, Mr. Colley uh, isn't exactly the avatar for healthful living let's just say it that way this is the russ belleville show on cannabisradio.com legal to listen to all over the world we're just not sure about france cannabisradio.com 
Colloquio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Nine after the hour. And don't worry, coming up after our safety meeting, we're definitely going to take a look at some... Science! Yes, we need some science... After our interview today. Yes, yes, Miss Sakamoto is definitely beautiful. Uh, <laughs> taking a look at our chat room out there at cannabisradio.com. Got a couple of questions I wanted to answer. Um, Hi in Hawaii is uh, worried about. Uh, the bad feeling we're getting with all these people we're putting into office here in the U.S. wants to know, should he leave Hawaii? Hell no, I wouldn't leave Hawaii. Hawaii's a nice place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to think about the future as far as the Trump administration coming in. On the one hand, you got Jeff Sessions, hates marijuana. U.S. attorneys could run rampant, start doing raids. On the other hand... I think Trump's got bigger fish to fry. I don't think marijuana is something that he really gives two shits about, right? This guy is like a celebrity millionaire type. The people in those circles don't give a shit about your drug use. They're doing coke. They're doing all sorts of drugs. They don't care. It's common in celebrity in the celebrity world for people to at least smoke weed. I really don't think it's a, it's a moral issue. As if Donald Trump could have a moral issue, <laughs> right? So I don't think the moral issue to him. It's just a matter of how much control is he going to exert in his administration. And that's where my doubt comes in. Because if he's a hands-off guy just saying, hey, Pence, let it, let you know, 
do what you got to do. Then I'm scared because Mike Pence believes this shit. Mike Pence and Jeff Sessions believe the reefer madness. They, they think it's true. So they would have no problem exercising some authority and control in that area. Uh, he also mentions uh, moving to Jamaica. I'm headed to Jamaica this uh, Sunday uh, for my two-week vacation. And uh, you don't have to learn the language. They speak English in Jamaica. <laughs> it's just they speak the Patois, man. You got to learn the Patois, what they sing in the Patois. They talk too fast and you got to blah, 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 blah. And you can't. That's the problem. <laughs> you got to get them to slow down a little. But yeah, you, you wouldn't have any problem in Jamaica. You'd, you'd be just fine. And then um, Doc Herbalist was, you know, pointing out that it's illegal in Jamaica. Uh, it is kind of. Uh, Jamaica has legalized medical and spiritual use. Um, so if you could convince them you're Rasta or you got a medical issue, I think you'd probably be okay. Um, as far as that goes, uh, I, I wish you would move there because you could grow some pretty good weed. Uh, the Jamaican weed I got a hold of last year, not that good. I mean, fresh, fresh. Let me tell you, someone just picked it off a mountainside, right? But not very potent and, and seedy. It's the first weed I've had with seeds in it in like, God, probably a decade. <laughs> so uh, left, left a little to be desired. I mean, it was, it was good enough. It was a good kind of a natural mid-grade weed. It did taste nice. You know, one thing about I, I will always give earth-grown, sun-fed weed the edge in taste to something that's grown under lights artificially and, you know, hydroponic or whatever. I've always found there's a better taste with earth-grown, sun-fed plants. So like that as well. Uh, what else do we have here in the chat room? Um, we had uh, Jerry had a question. Um, how much are you willing to bet that that columnist doesn't smoke weed himself uh, and he just tries to act all tough? <laughs> no, no. I think, I think that columnist is definitely a guy who doesn't smoke weed. For one, weed smokers tend to have lower body mass index. I'll just leave that where it's at. And uh, for two, uh, he, he strikes me as one of these guys that's the one of them good old boy beer drinking types. I know plenty of them back in Idaho. They've got that same kind of attitude. It's it, it really is almost like a um, what, what's a good comparison? It's it's like almost like rooting for sports teams like they're on the on the the good guys side, the alcohol drinker side, and they're fighting the bad guys. You know, the weed heads, the potheads. And it's really a cultural thing. I keep telling this to my uh, friends who still live in Idaho, the activists that are still back there in Idaho, that they're not really fighting against pot. They're fighting against potheads. And, and it's really, it, it, you know, they, they, they say it right out loud, right? It was right there in the name of his column. Potheads stay out of Idaho. This is all based on discrimination and prejudice against what they conceive a cannabis consumer to be. In their imagination, the cannabis consumer is the long-haired, tie-dyed, Birkenstock-wearing liberal who uh, wants to label GMOs and let transgender people use whatever bathroom they want and supports democratic politics and wants all abortions to be legal and, and wants to defund the military and take everyone's guns. That's what they're fighting. They really think that that is what pot's all about and that's what people who smoke pot are all about and the reason they think that is because i've always compared it to an iceberg right cannabis consumers are this big iceberg of people and the waterline is legality 
right? And since, since marijuana is illegal, most of those pot smokers are below the waterline. You're not seeing them. You only see the 10% of the iceberg that can pop up above the illegality line. People that have nothing to lose, right? And so they can be open and honest about their pot smoking. Artists and musicians and hippie types that can openly proclaim their love of weed. And that's all you see. And then you, you judge all of the cannabis consumers by that 10% you see that can be open and honest, that have nothing to lose. And most of those people tend to be the hippy-dippy stereotype that you're thinking of. You don't see the 90% of us who are the doctors and teachers and lawyers and plumbers and cops and even talk radio hosts and newspaper columnists that probably work right alongside you, Mr. Collie. You don't see them because they have to be absolutely secret about what they're doing. They have to be absolutely ninja about their marijuana smoking. Maybe, maybe after 11 o'clock at night in the garage, maybe they'll smoke their weed. Or, or maybe out at the club, they'll go out to the dark parking lot back in the corner where the cameras don't see and spark up with their friends. I know it because that was me. When I was living in Idaho, that was me. Regularly consuming cannabis all over the state. You don't see them because they got so much to lose. And laughing too hard at the 420 joke or knowing a little bit too much about what is the difference between indica and sativa in a conversation can get them enough attention that suddenly they're picked for the random drug test. It can get them enough attention that they aren't picked for certain positions or they're assumed to have something going on. People that are having to live these double lives, you don't see those 90% hiding below the waterline in the iceberg of marijuana consumers. And because of that, you don't see the extreme diversity of our, of our people. Man, I have smoked pot with capitalist billionaires. I have smoked pot with the uh, most creative, the most intelligent the most accomplished people in various fields. I've smoked pot with libertarians, Democrats, Republicans, constitutionalists, anarchists, every political stripe, left, right, center, and none at all. I've smoked pot with women, with men, with straight people, with gay people, blacks, Mexicans, Asians, Native Americans. I think I, I, I think I've not yet smoked pot with a native Alaskan. <laughs> I think, no, wait, no, that's not true. I smoked pot with the wife of the guy on that uh, Discovery Channel uh, uh, Life Below Zero show. She's native Alaskan. So, yeah, every demographic group there is on the U.S. census, I've smoked pot with them. Every income level on the U.S. census, I've smoked pot with them. Every religion on the U.S. census. Probably I've smoked pot with. <laughs> There's a lot of religions. <laughs> I can't I can't guarantee. But you'd be shocked at how many people are out there smoking pot. In fact, Mr. Collie, I have it on exceptionally good authority that your own governor, Butch Otter, the man who vetoed CBD oil, has smoked pot in his lifetime. How do I know this? He was an old drinking buddy of my dad's. They smoke pot together. 
That's why I got so pissed when when uh, uh, Governor Otter vetoed the CBD bill. Because <laughs> I know damn well he has smoked pot. And I don't know damn well he knows that smoking pot isn't the end of someone's life. Unless, of course, they catch you for it. And then you probably don't get to be governor of Idaho at that point. Yeah, Governor Butch Otter. This is a guy who has gotten DUI for alcohol, who, who had a major problem with alcohol. That didn't infringe upon him being able to be governor at all, didn't it? Now, for some reason, people all across this country can accept this most dangerous of drugs, alcohol, and people who have a problem with it, like that 10% that become alcoholics and, and have a serious problem with it, a problem so serious they can actually be a danger to others. That's no hindrance to becoming governor. That's no hindrance to moving on with a career. That's no black mark on your social or permanent record that causes you to be ostracized from society. No, no, it's just a DUI. You're, you're just a drinker. Oh, well, gee whiz, that's no big deal. This drug kills 88,000 people a year. And you want us to be concerned about the one that kills zero people uh, in all time? I know nothing. Nothing. All right, that sound means it's 420 here in America's legal time zone. We're going to take a break for a quick safety meeting. And when we come back... We will talk a little science. That's right. Some science on that whole Congan water stuff. <laughs> oh, my. Stick around. We'll be right back. Being green is good. Growing green is good. Making green is great. CannabisRadio.com. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's eqio.io.io to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at herbiesheadshop.com. 
All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had yourself a good safety meeting. I'm uh, having a good one myself. Oh, yeah. Nothing better than legal weed. So earlier in the show... I interviewed Mahala and uh, Natasha, who are with KonganQueens.com. And this is um, Kongan, is K-A-N-G-E-N, KonganQueens.com. And some of you out there are probably wondering why I interviewed them, since I'm such a big fan of science. And the reason I did is because, number one, I met them the other day. At one of the events, and uh, both nice ladies, nice ladies, and I don't know that they know what's going on here, <laughs> right? I, sometimes when someone comes at you with stuff like this, you have to, at least, I, I shouldn't say you have to, at least I, I have a little bit of compassion for people who might have been suckered into something, right? And this whole Congan water thing. As far as I can tell, and, and let me preface this, I don't have much of a background in chemistry, right? So, and, and most people don't, right? So when this whole, all this chemistry discussion comes up, it's really easy to be taken in by some pseudoscience babble uh, that sounds legit, but uh, really means nothing. So in these kind of cases, I like to uh, rely on those who are more educated than myself for my information. And as I did my research on today's show, everything I could find had to do with the use of Kangen water for human consumption. And boy, did I find a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I, I found a Slate article from 2013 that said that called it uh, said the latest health fad is even more ridiculous than most health fads. I found a Huffington Post uh, article from 2016: alkaline water beneficial or bogus? that uh, said it was all a bunch of buzzwords and mumbo-jumbo. And then from Skeptic Blog, all the way back in 2009, was a piece I found called Water Snake Oil. So uh, lots of skepticism here. Basically, the uh, the bottom line is that this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've been trying to be kind about it, but I'm sorry. This is bullshit. This is bullshit meant to sell a $4,000 machine that you don't need. That's really what it comes down to. And, and part of the reason why, I mean, part of the ways you can tell this have to do with a lot of the ways that it's marketed. Uh, you'll get all sorts of buzzwords and you'll get all sorts of lofty claims, but very little in the way of supporting scientific evidence for such things. That's why I got right to that question when we were talking was, you know, what is your, what are the scientific studies? And the answer I got was, oh, there's lots and lots of studies. 
Well, I don't need lots and lots. Name one. Give me something I can look up. Because as she mentioned in the interview, this Kangen water thing has been around for like 43 years. And it's highly marketed in Japan and, and uh, in other Asian countries where people swear by it. But you know what else they swear by in some Asian countries? That powdered rhino horn is the key to uh, virility. So much so that it's made rhinos almost extinct from the poachers going after to get the rhino horns. They cut the horns off the damn animals and then leave them to die. And then those horns sell for, you know, tons and tons of money. Doesn't do a damn thing. No science behind it whatsoever. But culturally, they believe it. And so, you know, people are all about the rhino horn, right? In, in Korea, they believe that fans, you know, like air fans that circulate air, chop up the air molecules and that, and that they're harmful. <laughs> yeah. So just because a whole lot of people believe something for a long time, that doesn't convince me of its reality. People for over 2,000 years have believed in virgin birth. Doesn't convince me of its reality. So this Kangen water thing, it's all about supposedly ionizing water and casting loose electrons from water and making it more charged and energetic. She made some analogy to boiling water and making it exciting, excited. Uh, that's a different phenomenon. <laughs> that's the phenomenon of thermodynamics. But Anyway, I, I looked up one of the sites, and here is, it says, here in a nutshell, and this is from a chemistry site, here in a nutshell are a few basic facts that I believe anyone with a solid background in chemistry or physiology would concur with. One, ionized water is nothing more than sales fiction. The term is meaningless to chemists. Two, pure water, that is, water containing no dissolved ions, is too unconductive to undergo significant electrolysis by water ionizer devices. What he's saying there, like, so electrolysis, right? That's where we take the electrical current, we run it through water, and it separates uh, uh, the metallic ions out. Uh, we talked about this in my aluminum piece the other day, where we talked about electrolysis being used to uh, come up with pure aluminum. Same kind of idea. Well, the thing is, we think of water as being really uh, uh, conductive electrically, right? The reason why is because most water has some sort of metallic uh, ions in it, uh, sodium, calcium, magnesium, and so on. Pure water, like pure H2O, isn't conductive. Pure water does not, is, not condu is not conductive enough for electrolysis. And... In the, at least when it comes to drinking the Kangen water, part of what they, they talk about in the Kangen water pitches for, for human consumption is that, you wanna, is that the human bloodstream is at a 7.4 pH. And they presume or they suggest that if you're drinking water that's too low in pH or too high in pH, you're getting too alkaline or too acidic, and this is bad for your body. Well, number one, your body isn't 7.4 pH everywhere. Like your stomach is down to like a two or something like that. Your stomach's very acidic. That's how it digests things. And when we have too much excess acid in our system, our body releases that by exhaling carbon dioxide. We don't need to drink something to reduce or increase our pH. Our body does that automatically. And if we drink water that's too acidic, 
we exhale the excess acid as carbon dioxide. If we drink water that's too alkaline, the other direction, the acid in our stomach takes care of that, reduces that alkalinity. And when you drink water, most of it is taken into your body through your intestines, not through your stomach. So when the stomach enters, when the stomach releases its contents into the intestine, pancreatic secretions make it more alkaline anyway. (laughs) So whether or not you reduced or increased it in the stomach would make no difference after it left the stomach when it's going to become alkaline anyway. The, uh, these claims that there's health benefits from drinking alkaline water have absolutely no basis in credible science. They claim that this ionized water is an antioxidant. Talk, talk, they talk about you know, the antioxidant properties. In fact, I think uh, one of the ladies mentioned that for the, for the plants. But the problem is alkaline water is actually an oxidizing agent. And there's nothing wrong with drinking slightly acidic water because, again, your body takes care of that. And if you really wanted to reduce the acid in your stomach, don't know why, because that might hurt your digestion, but if you really wanted to, you don't need to spend $4,000 on Kangen water. Spend 3 bucks on some milk of magnesia. And these claims about it, you know, the company's been around. Uh, the other defense I hear is company's been around for 43 years and uh, the, the 43 years and that the Japanese health ministry approves it. And so on. no, no, that the company's been around for 43 years, just attests to the power of being able to market bullshit to people. The Japanese ministry only approves that the machines are safe. They're not going to kill you. Not that they approve them, that all of the claims made by them are true. So as far as the human consumption part of it goes, it sounded like bullshit to me. But when it comes to the plants, you know, growing the plants, I I was willing to allow maybe there's something when it comes to using it on plants. And she did make a mention of using a, a very acidic water as a miticide. That maybe you could use this low pH Kangen water sprayed on your plants, kill mites and stuff. Maybe, maybe that's possible. I'd have to talk to more uh, knowledgeable growers than myself. But as far as adjusting, if you're using this to adjust the pH of your water for your plants, because plants do need certain pH, there's a lot cheaper ways of doing that than spending four grand on a machine. And, and again, this idea that there's ions and electrical charges that are going to make a difference in the growth of these plants. I really believe in the power of profit and capitalism to motivate people. If this Kangen water was really going to increase the yield of your plants to any appreciable degree, black market growers would have already been doing this by now. They, they would have already taken this on and gone, oh, my God. I put this special electric water on my plants and doubled my yield. Got it paid for that $4,000 machine in the first, in the first harvest. But I've never heard that. And if this machine has been around 43 years, about the same length of time that we've had major amounts of cannabis cultivation in this country, I think somebody would have taken it on by now. So folks, I'm really skeptical about these claims. You're welcome to look them up yourself. 
don't believe me, this is just what I think. The website's congenqueens.com if you want to try to learn more about it. But, man, I, <laughs> I really, it just sounds, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that, that gets me about the Congan water is you don't find it mostly here in the United States uh, for sale at like a Home Depot. Like you can't go to the Home Depot and get yourself a Congan water machine. As far as I know, maybe you can, I but I don't think so. Most of the time, what you find this Congan water sold through are multi-level marketing schemes. You know, like Amway and uh, what's the nutraceutical one? I forget the name of it. Herbalife, is that it? Anything that's being sold through a multi-level marketing scheme should already, right from the get-go, give you some source of concern. Now, they do take advantage in these Congan websites. They do take advantage of people's skepticism. You know how we in the weed movement will often say, well, of course they don't want weed legalized because then it would replace pharmaceutical drugs. Well, the Congan people use that same concept. They say, well, of course, they're going to write all these anti-Congan water articles and call it snake oil and say it's all bullshit because if people used Congan water, they'd, it would replace all the bleach they use and replace all of their disinfectants and it would replace all of these medicines. And yeah, not the same thing, folks. Water is water. Its pH can be alkaline or acidic. And that's about all that matters about it. All right, we got to take a break, pay some bills, and when we come back, phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. If you got any questions, comments, complaints, or suggestions, and we'll talk more about the world of weed. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You got me running, you got me hiding. Run, hide, and hide, run, and any way you won't let her roll. Yeah. You got me doing what you want me, baby. Girl, what you want me to do? Shut up and do a podcast, as I want you to do. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. 
The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Warning. Hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals, or at least they pay me to say that. A public service message from CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing... I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. And uh, returning to the uh, article written by Bill Colley out there in Twin Falls, uh, our friends out at Green Majority have gotten a hold of this. Now, I haven't told you about Green Majority. This is a perfect time for me to tell you. Um, in Idaho, they are working to try to get some sort of reform passed. And there's a bunch of young entrepreneurial types in Idaho that have uh, gotten in touch with the folks at, uh, at New Approach Idaho, the uh, Compassionate Idaho, uh, Idaho Normal, all the groups there, and have offered their support. And, and these guys are the real deal. I mean, these are some serial entrepreneurs who've created a number of of uh, fairly successful companies in the gem state. One of them is a guy named Kobe Conrad, 23-year-old Kobe Conrad. His article on greenmajority.com, and again, shout out to Trickster for putting this up there for me, is called, Dear Bill Collie, Stop Lying or We'll Expose You. <laughs> expose what? I don't know what we're going to expose. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, he, he, he makes a bunch of good points, although one of them I disagree with. Uh, um, his number one point is he says, you only call cannabis by its propaganda name. It's not marijuana, dope, ganja weed, or any other derogatory name you can come up with. The very fact that your entire article did not refer to it as cannabis shows that your intention was only to write a propaganda piece designed to misinform Idahoans. Okay, uh, I appreciate the sentiment, Kobe. I appreciate the sentiment. But don't lump in people who call it marijuana with people that or who call it whatever name. What it's called is not important. And this idea that marijuana is somehow derogatory is one that I've rebutted a number of times. The law in Idaho bans marijuana. So it's perfectly legitimate to talk about marijuana law reform. Because it is a law about marijuana. Furthermore, marijuana is a perfectly decent word. The fact that somebody back 80 years ago used it for propaganda purposes does not mean that the word connotes the same meaning today. Today, marijuana just means marijuana. And given that we ask people on the Gallup poll, should we legalize marijuana? And 60% of them say yes tells us that the propaganda is not working, that, that if it is a propaganda word, it's not hurting anything. 
And, and then the only reason I bring this up is because there's a tendency among cannabis consumers and marijuana law advocates to get on a little bit of a high horse when it comes to this issue. We don't call it marijuana. Marijuana is its slave name. Marijuana is racist. It's properly called cannabis. And when you come off that way to the average person who might be a pot smoker might be on your side. You just inferred that they were a racist. They're going to infer that you think they're racist or stupid. Maybe no need to turn off our potential allies by being pedantic about what they call it. Generally, here's what I, here's my advice. You go ahead and call it cannabis all you like. Just go ahead and call it cannabis. Eventually someone will say, well, why do you call it cannabis? Well, that's its scientific name. And that's all you need to say. You don't need to say, well, that's its scientific name. And marijuana was used by Harry J. Anslinger uh, to be racist against Negroes, right? You don't need to go that far, right? Just, just call it what you want to call it. And don't worry about what other people call it. I don't care if they call it dope or ganja or weed or pot or muggles or jive or tea, as long as they're legalizing it, I don't care. So, so at least though, I, I will agree with Kobe on this point that his use of those terms was definitely meant to inflame, especially the one I hate the most is calling it dope. That's the one that bothers me the most because dope is a word that can also mean heroin. And so that conflates the issue a little bit. But the other points he makes are great. Cannabis is not a great is not a gateway drug. The policy of prohibition causes drug abuse. Exactly. Cannabis is not a gateway drug. In fact, we're starting to find that cannabis is an exit drug. Cannabis is a drug that people who are have serious methamphetamine, cocaine or heroin addictions can turn to to relieve their cravings from those drugs. Recent study just found they got these rats addicted to cocaine. That's not not a bad gig for a rat, right? They they put them in little rat studio 54s, right? And they make them wear little rat silk shirts down to their belly button, wear a lot of rat gold chains, right? (laughs) So you get these, you get these rats addicted to cocaine and you know, well, they'll, they'll self-administer it, right? And then you give half these rats some THC, you give half the rats, no THC. Guess what? The rats that get the THC don't use the cocaine as much. So, and this is something we've known anecdotally. Hell, I can tell you from my own experience that, uh, that, it's managed to get me off of two seriously hard drugs. In the mid-90s, I had a love affair with methamphetamine. Lasted 18 months, but it felt like 80 years. <laughs> but yeah, I had, a, I had a serious meth uh, problem in the mid-90s. That put me in the hospital. And then coming out of the hospital, they wanted to give me oxycodone for the pain relief. Marijuana managed to keep me from going back to the meth and managed to get me off of the oxycodone pills. I, I, in fact, I was on those oxys for two days before I went, uh-uh, not having this no more. So it's an exit drug, and the science is beginning to back this up. Uh, the third point Kobe makes in his, in his rebuttal piece, stop trying to associate cannabis liberals, libertarians, blacks, and whatever other derogatory category you can come up with. Uh, absolutely right. Um, the point that he's making throughout this entire piece is his worry that if we had legal pot in Idaho, 
why these people would be people would end up cooking meth and abusing their kids and turning to petty crime and all these anecdotes that he points out about the people he knew who had smoked pot in school. But really, who did he know that was smoking pot back in high school? Like how many of them were open and honest about it? And it's also that that kind of selection bias, you know, like when you go buy a new Dodge pickup, suddenly you see all these Dodge pickups on the road. Like, wow, I didn't know so many people drove Dodge pickups. Well, they were already they were already there. You just notice it now because you drive a Dodge pickup. Well, the same thing goes for weed, right? You notice the people whose lives come to a, a terrible conclusion, a terrible outcome in their life. Because you notice they were pot smokers as well. It's confirming your bias. You're not paying attention to all those people you knew back in school that were pot smokers who might have turned out to be a CEO of a company who might have been turned out to be a teacher of the year. You're not as able to see those examples because they don't confirm your bias. Uh, Kobe also points out that the. Uh, uh, you use personal stories, not overall statistics and points out that he's one of the press shirt tie and wingtip smokers saying he's started three six figure local companies and created over 15 Idaho jobs over the course of his life. He's been featured in Forbes business insider and Yahoo finance for his uh, contributions. Take taking a look at the uh, Forbes article. Young man, this, uh, this guy's 23. Remember that we're talking about. Says, could you be an influencer? This 22-year-old shows there's money in your social media following and goes on to, it's Boise Digital, the Idaho-based uh, marketing company that's been, for, that's been uh, formed, uh, hosts Grass City, the world's largest online head shop. Uh, so the, this is no idiot who's writing this response. And if this Bill Colley piece goes viral, I, and I think it might, that's just all the better for us because it's a shining example of naked bigotry without any sort of backing in, in facts, reason, logic, or science. I also got an email from the, uh, the editor out there at the uh, Magic Valley newspaper who, uh, number one, he wanted, uh, wanted to know if I wanted to write a shortened version of my reply for their website. Hmm, let me see. Should I take my 2,000 word piece that gets hundreds of thousands of hits on weed news and pare it down to 600 words to get a few thousand hits on a Twin Falls website? Hmm, let me think. Uh, no, no, I don't think I'll do that. And the other thing uh, he wanted to know, <laughs> or other thing he pointed out, is he said that I used uh, the picture of Bill Colley and violated copyright. You violated copyright using that photo. Yeah, no. No, I didn't. See, uh, U.S. copyright law, uh, specifically, what was it? Section 109, I think, of the U.S. copyright law? Yes, oh, 107, I'm sorry. Section 107 of the Copyright Act states, quote, the fair use of a copyrighted work, including such use by reproduction in copies or phono records or by any other means specified by that section for purposes such as Criticism, education, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, or research is not 
an infringement of copyright. And clearly, I was criticizing Bill Colley, reporting on his uh, op-ed, and teaching people about why he was wrong. So in at least three ways, my use of that photograph was fair use. Don't step to me with some copyright violation bullshit. I've been blogging for 20 years. I'm pretty well versed in copyright law. And if you ain't Getty Images, your threats mean nothing to me. Man, some people. And and, here, and here's the thing, too. is like, It's not like I just snap, snatched the picture and put it up without attribution. On the picture itself, I added a caption attributing it to the photographer and the website. And in the caption, in text below it, with a hyperlink. <laughs> so got much more attribution than most people on the internet are giving when it comes to these kind of matters. Oh, it's just amazing. And these, these, uh, these folks out there in, Oh, wait a minute. We've got something coming in from my buddy, Tom angel. This is, this is pretty good. Tom angels out there at marijuana majority.com. And uh, one of my heroes in the movement here, uh, a new rolling stone interview with uh, president Obama says that uh, marijuana should be treated like cigarettes and alcohol and criticizes the DEA from being behind the times. He says, quote, if you survey the American people, including Trump, including Trump voters, they're in favor in large numbers of decriminalizing marijuana. I do believe that treating this as a public health issue, the same way we do with cigarettes or alcohol is the much smarter way to deal with it. As you might imagine, the DEA, whose job it is historically to enforce drug laws, is not always going to be on the cutting edge about these issues. It is untenable over the long term for the Justice Department or the DEA to be enforcing a patchwork of laws where something that's legal in one state could get you a 20-year prison sentence in another. So this debate that is now ripe, much so this is a debate that is now ripe, much in the same way that we ended up making progress on same-sex marriage, end quote. There we go. Kind of nice to hear President Obama say it. Might have been nice to hear it eight years ago. But hey, he's still in office. I mean, he said it while he's still in office. That's a that's progress somehow, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. We got to take a break. We'll be back to close up the show right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants healthy people sansalcbd.com improve your lifestyle naturally normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use 
If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com, the national wildlife refuge for marijuana unicorns. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Have a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a skunk. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right. Oh my goodness. Wait a minute. People aren't hearing me. Why aren't people hearing me? There they are. Why does this have to happen to me? Damn it. I'm so sorry, folks. Sometimes this equipment just gives me problems, and now we're back. So uh, now can you see me? Now can you hear me? Tommy, can you hear me? Tommy, can you see me? (laughs) I don't know what happened. My apologies. Um, We won't mess with that. Anyway. Uh, as we wrap things up, I want to remind you that you can contact me, Radical Russ, everywhere. Literally, I'm on Facebook as Radical Russ, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, SoundCloud, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, MassRoots. Uh, what else is out there? If it's got a username, LinkedIn, if it's got a username, I'm Radical Russ on it. Uh, also on Gmail. So if you want to send me some email, it's RadicalRuss at gmail.com. And our... Studio line 650-LEGAL-MJ is open 24 hours a day. So if you just want to drop a comment in, uh, maybe you don't want to be live on the air, but you just want to drop a comment, just do it through the voicemail at uh, 650-LEGAL-MJ. All right, so a quick note from my email. I got a listener out there who's been with me for a long time, a guy by the name of Wayne, who emailed me this comment just 40 minutes ago. A good friend of mine left my law firm to work for the Brooklyn DA Homicide Department, Brooklyn, New York, DA Homicide Department. I asked her what percentage of homicides are caused by the illegal drug marketplace. Without even batting an eyelash, she said 89%. She then told me that almost all of these homicides are kids under the age of 26. Wow. Nine out of 10 homicides in Brooklyn having to do with the illegal drug marketplace. Wow. And, and not, I'm not surprised by that at all. And, and there's a, there's just this, the problem that happens is that drugs are illegal. And then that makes it. So only the most desperate people, only the people with nothing to lose are seen as the ones that use them. People that, that are your good 
upstanding, taxpaying, law-abiding, hardworking citizens who use drugs, and there's lots of them, those people are invisible. You don't see them. You don't know they're using drugs. They can't be open and honest about it. So the ones we do see are the reckless ones, the, the libertarian ones, the, the, the artists, those folks, and the people who have problems with it. And then we associate those problems as being the kind of problems all drug users have. It'd be like thinking an alcoholic is representative of all drinkers. If you never saw anybody else ever drinking. If all you ever saw was alcoholics drinking, you'd think bad things about alcohol. Then add to it the violence that you get in a black market. And then you end up with a situation where people start to say, aha, see, drugs cause violence. And then it makes it harder to get the drugs legalized because now you're look, looked at as someone who's cool with violence. You're okay if society goes to hell. Nothing could be further from the truth. That's all the time we got for today. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes.